You've tuned into the Bellingham Podcast for the week of October 6th, 2019. You cool cats are listening to episode 132. From that city by the Salish Sea and wearing a turtleneck, I'm AJ Barsay. And with my mug firmly in hand, Daddy O, I am Chris Powell on this episode. Coffee! Coffee! So fun to drink in the morning. Those grounds percolate my mind. And now you find the Bellingham Podcast. Is this coffee? Well, no. This is coffee. Man, you are one cool, cool cat, Chris. How you doing? There's not enough O's and cool to describe me, AJ. How about yourself? <laughs> okay, so this... <laughs> okay, this miniseries today has got to be the one that we are the most amped up about. Tongue firmly planted in cheek, <laughs> along with the liquid we're about to talk about. Uh, did you catch all those references in there, folks? Let's talk. Let's give a little bit of an Easter egg, uh, you know, insight about what was going on because I just love this. Yeah, yeah. So, so back in 1961, the uh, Coffee Brewing Institute, which I, and I have not confirmed this, I'm pretty sure is attached to Cornell's Food Lab or has some ties back yeah. to Cornell, did this amazing video. Uh, it's like 13 minutes long. Yep. On this is coffee, just like that guy said. This is. Co- <laughs> Coffee. <laughs> Don't die. Don't so die. anyway, and then and so you get this. As we're thinking about, you know, we want to do a little bit of a mini series uh, coming up on on coffee and a bunch of other stuff. Let's have fun with this instead of a standard intro. Well, I I happen to unearth this one from the archives, and then all of a sudden, I wanted to make my wife happy. So my hook was, if anyone caught this, the Mike Myers. Whoa, man. Whoa, Whoa man. man. Yeah. <laughs> that poem from So I Married an Axe Murderer. We're getting really obscure on this show, folks. No, you're getting really obscure, and I'm just following your lead. All right, so. So this, 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 the next couple of episodes is going to be dedicated to coffee. And of course, Chris and I are doing it in the traditional Bellingham podcast fashion of, <laughs> of doing it very obscure as possible. In the month of October in as the mo- well. In the month of October, which, what, what happens in o- October? That's a thing. Is there anything yes. else that goes on in October? It, uh, yeah, it gets colder around Oh, here. there's that. That's the, hence turtleneck and beatnik style. Right. right? Halloween. Halloween. Oh, yeah. oh, uh, also, Oktoberfest. Oh, yes. That, uh, that other drinking... Uh, it, Tradition, right? So we wanted to kind of turn October on its head. Instead of doing uh, Oktoberfest uh, with a drink, we're doing it with our drink. We're doing it dedicated a, to coffee with a cuppa, if you with will, a, with a cuppa and a, a tonga planta firm in cheek, <laughs> something like that. So uh, before we begin on that, I wanted sure, to have sure. a little bit of recap on last episode, episode one thirty one, for you playing at home. Uh, there was a Bellingham food truck roundup over at the Barkley Village Green. Uh, uh, last weekend, as we're recording this, it was last weekend. My wife and I went to it, had a great time. Uh, Did you fly a kite? (laughs) Not quite, but there were some high wind gusts going on. Uh, It was great that the throngs of people, that's lots and lots of you who don't know what throngs mean, uh, were helping, as they're ordering their food, they were helping hold down the canopies 
of the food vendors <laughs> so the canopies will not blow away in the, what, 30, 35-mile-an-hour gusts. Lots of, uh, lots of great music, lots of great food. Wanted to clarify a couple things because we talked about some things. I made reference to a truck called Sage. Yeah. Well, it turns out that, uh, once again, I didn't do my homework beforehand. Or our notes got cut off, one of the two. Sure. But there is a food truck in town that is called Sage Against the Machine. Yes! You heard me. Sage Against the Machine. Love those folks. Uh, they are a plant-based food truck. Yeah. And so uh, you will find Sage Against the Machine on the streets or for catering events as well. So from a vegan uh, or from or, a dietary but, uh, standpoint. Yeah, yeah, plant, plant, uh, plant-centric standpoint. There you go, yes. Uh, the second one that I noticed, and you know, there were a lot of great... Uh, food truck vendors out there love the barbecue, love love the the, the Mexican food. There was one in particular that I just love the cheeky description with because you know with food trucks you can kind of have a little bit of liberty with sure. uh, the name of it. The mobile mouth hole, gotta love that. Uh, they have tacos and much more. Uh, but one of the items that really caught my attention that a lot of people were enjoying, especially on a brisk, windy Saturday afternoon. Was tachos. Tachos? Tachos. You heard me correctly. They are tater tot nachos. Oh, my. Yeah. You drizzle some uh, of that tasty cheese sauce over some tater tots, and you add a little bit of smoked pulled pork, watch me enunciate, and some shredded chipotle chicken, or, you know, one or the other, and you got yourself a tasty little bite-sized thing to enjoy. Oh, my. Mobile mouth hole. We got a couple links in the show notes for the love of Alex Skolnick and Chris Oliva. Drink. And so wanted to clarify that before we dive into what we're doing to wash down all that potential food. Also, we had a shout out on that episode and I had gotten in touch with that said shout out and uh, Clarissa will be also supplying us some extra material in uh, episodes to come. Excellent. So more Sounds on that later. Great. Stay tuned for the Vegan in Bellingham experience. So, so, so before we dive into our main topic, uh, we should also say that we might be percolating across the airwaves on Camry 102.3 FM. They are community-powered, and they air our show Mondays at 6.30 p.m. on uh, 102.3 FM and Thursdays <laughs> at 6 p.m., back up a half hour. And they're also streaming worldwide at... Camry.org. And thank you very much for airing our show. We appreciate it. So, Chris! Yes! Chris! <laughs> yes. What are we talking about? All right, Mike Myers. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're talking about coffee. <laughs> Let's let's do it. We wanted to just do this because we talked about places in Bellingham to get a cup. Uh, and you, we actually did a show live in your kitchen. Yes, recorded, so, recorded twice, twice uh, about your ways of assembling the co- coffee experience. Let's just do a little bit of a, a history and a background and some little known facts you may not be aware of about your and our favorite drink. So it, well, it all starts back, and it's what's funny is, of course, with something like this that is basically an herbal infused drink. That's all really coffee is, if you think about it. You've got coffee from a you know a tree, and it gets plucked, roasted brewed. Um, So the history that I'm giving is going to be basically back to the 15th century. Now, granted, any historians, and you know who you are, who are listening to this like, well, actually, Nami, it goes all the way back to... We're only going from the 15th century forward, kind of like our other history shows. Yes, there are other history, but we're going to go from at least documented as reported on the internet, history. We could call this truncated history. This is truncated history. I like it. We'll we'll remember that for future reference. Yes, definitely. So the word coffee, C-O-F-F-E, entered the English language in 1582 via the Dutch 
and I'm, I, I'm, I do not speak Dutch, but I'm going to try, but Kofi with Sounds a K. Yes. Uh, it was borrowed actually from the Ottoman Turkish Kave, K-A-H-V-E, uh, in turn borrowed from the Arabic who, ka- Kawa, which is Q-A-H-W-A-H. Sounds great. And I, all of the links and even the the, the 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 languages are all in the show notes. Drink. So Literally. So literally, the history of coffee dates back to the 15th century. That's where we're going to chime in at. But possibly earlier because there are myth, lore, and legends. However, I'm going to disavow that. Uh, the first recorded record of public place serving coffee can be dated back to 1475. The Kivahan was the name of the first coffee shop, and it was located in a Turkish city known as Constantinople, now Istanbul. There you go. Sounds good. So if you think about it in terms of, of Turkish coffee, that's actually a specific. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever had actually Turkish coffee? Not to my recollection. Oh, man, I've had many different styles of coffee, but not Turkish. So, and, and that gets into a whole other episode that we're going to be doing, which is the different styles of coffee. The coffee that you and I know has the process of brewing has greatly evolved with technology, which mm-hmm. is why we love it so much. Yeah, that's right. Um, but Turkish coffee is originally served strong, black, and unfiltered. You actually yeah. drink the grinds. Drinking the grinds. Yes. So you can have all those in your teeth. Well, see, that's how you think of it. So the reason why like different coffees like espresso and perk and all a pour over, the grind itself, it dictates uh, kind of the way that the method to which you brew. And so in Turkish coffee, if I were to show you some, which thanks Alicia for hooking me up, it is super like super fine, fine, fine powder. So Turkish coffee, they do it uh, usually brewed in an uh, Ebrick, Ibiric. Let's go with an Ebrick. Ebrick. They took coffee so serious back then. So serious. How serious might you ask? It was so important to them during the time that it was legal in Turkey for a woman to divorce her husband if he could not supply her with enough coffee. My how much the pressure has been lifted from me. <laughs> but but I cannot get work done. And my employer should know that if I do not have enough coffee supplied to me. Well, I, I'm very uh, blessed that my wife is able to get a pound of her favorite decaf roast whenever she feels like it. And I know what kind it is. So, yeah, yes. the pressure's off me. Thanks, guys. That, you know, it's something to be celebrating about. And yes, historians, I am taking creative liberty on that fact. Tongue planted firmly in cheek. So lately there's uh they have world ebrick champions. So when this goes into something else we'll cover later but there are championship uh championship barista sure. competitions. Yeah, yeah. So I had found a link and it's in the show notes. Drink. To a YouTube video on how to make uh ebrick style coffee by the 2016 uh, champion, and it shows uh, this coffee maker. Which, if you haven't seen what this is, it's basically a copper. I'll say a, a copper craft, very small, a little bit bigger than perhaps uh, the tamp on a on a, an espresso machine, and a handle sticking out, all made out of copper. And it sits on what looks like this big Bunsen burner, and that's all part of their process. You put in X amount of grams of super hyper, like. I'm going to call it the 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 granules, the powdered sugar level of 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 grind that is this coffee into this hot water. They pour it, uh, pour it in and you uh, boil it for about two and a half minutes. Mm. They pour the whole thing into a a, uh, espresso cup and then they let it sit for two and a half minutes Mm. and then you drink it. And you see it bloom just like everything else, the crema, but there is no pressure in this, like uh, an espresso machine. Okay. If you don't know what that is, you should take a look at the link in the show notes. Drink. 
And yeah, take a look and be a little bit more cultured with your coffee. Very good. So back then in the day, it wasn't all just like drinking the grounds and make your teeth all uh, gritty. They did other ways of hacking their coffee yeah. way back then. Yeah, yeah. So so if we fast forward, so we're looking at back from, you know, basically 1400 to 1500 and all the way through to the 1500s, the late 1500s is where we start to see the renaissance, as it were, of coffee. Okay, so the concept of doctoring one's coffee with sweeteners and specifically cream, that was introduced in Europe. So around 1529-ish, we start to see the first coffee houses in Europe established. And these coffee houses um, attracted a certain cl- uh, type of client, right? Yes. Because we, we traditionally speaking today, we associate intellectuals and hipsters, man, go into the coffee house. What were the customers back then in the 1500s? So funny that you should say that. 1580, Venetian botanist and physician Prospero Alpini imported coffee into the Republic of Venice. Okay. Okay. From Egypt. And coffee was seen as the drink of intellectuals and social gatherings. And lovers of chocolate gravitated towards because of the bitter notes, sure. etc. It also kind of uh, bloomed into the romantic side of things. And if uh, it was also seen as a romantic gift to give coffee uh, or to take someone to a coffee shop. Oh, yes. It's part of the, the courting ritual. Exactly. So seven, So we'll fast forward even further. 1763, um, that's where we start to see uh, the concept that coffee might be a miraculous drink. It, it might be seen as a health drink back then. Well, of course. Because intellectuals got behind it early on, man. Yeah. Well, you got to follow what the smart people are doing. Anyway, I just wanted to bring that, that bit of uh, history because, again, like we see it at the coffee house is a gathering place. Yeah. It is a place for Intellect, granted, albeit in front of a a you know a, a piece of technology with a glowing piece of fruit on the back of it, but it, the tradition still carries forward even two three hundred years later. Sure. So AJ loves diving into the history of things, as you're well aware. Well, so do you, Chris. So I know, do you do. But I like the little known facts. Yeah. You know, whenever valid. I'm watching a movie at home, I'm pulling up IMDb. Yeah, you're the you're the X-ray uh, if you're used to the Amazon Prime thing. Yeah. Except I can just go Chris, and you're yeah. like, yeah, exactly. So I I wanted to just share a couple. Did you know a little bits of information about our favorite beverage? So the term espresso is Italian, but it actually means pressed out. It may give you something to talk about when you were indulging in your favorite beverage uh, and say, by the way, barista behind the counter, did you know that this espresso that you're, co- that you're making for me means pressed out in Italian? And they'll just look at you with a dirty look. <laughs> uh, should you want to uh, take things too far? I've always wondered, you know, when I, when I have a cup of coffee and usually with who knows what is put into it, what, uh, sweeteners or other types of uh, enhancements, um, it really gives me a jolt. It still yeah. g- the caffeine uh, within the coffee still gives me a jolt. But there is a way uh, you can go too far mm-hmm. with your coffee consumption. You know, as we're drinking, whenever I have my cup, I usually get the results, and I'm pretty wired. You know, pretty you know. Jitter- if I have two or three cups, then I turn into a tweakish person. There is a level that of, of consumption that would be too far. Now, in some places that you look on the net, which I did in preparation for the show, if you were to drink 30 cups of coffee. Three zero? Three zero. Oh my. Keeping in mind that a typical cup of coffee might be around 100 milligrams of caffeine per cup. If you're going for three grams of, co- of caffeine, 
that could be leading to an overdose. Ooh. Not just that, but the water that you are ingesting, 30 cups of water, might be a, a lot I, I, along those lines. How could one sit still and also s- sit still? You wouldn't really be sitting still. We'd be prying you off the wall. Oh, my gosh. So uh, <laughs> moderation, y'all. That's what we're after around here. But for those of you that don't want the jolt of caffeine and you think you can get away with it by enjoying your favorite java uh, in decaf form, unfortunately— that 100 milligrams of caffeine in a regular cup of coffee does not actually apply to decaf, but there's a little bit, uh, a little less, 2 to 12 milligrams. So you're still getting that drug. Mm-hmm. Caffeine is listed as a drug, uh, whether you like it or not. But a decaf will be far less. So uh, this is not saying you should have uh, eight times or you know 250 cups of coffee of decaf uh, to reach that overdose level. Oh, man. Yeah. But anyway, so... Coffee wires us, and it, and it gives us that boost in the morning. Did you know, AJ? I did not know, Chris. That wait, in wait. 2010, the year that my wife and I got married, uh, scientists in England started to develop cars that could be run on coffee grounds. No, I did not know this is a thing. Here it comes. Get ready for the pun. They referred to it as the Carpuccino. Wah, wah, wah. Yes, and it turns out that... Uh, this development of heating coffee grounds and other ways of, of providing the fuel for the vehicle, they were able to drive across the United Kingdom 250 miles in one trip. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's, it's part of the thing. But as it turns out, they, had to, they, they eventually crashed, not the car themselves, then they had to take a nap. <laughs> ah. All right, fair enough. Um, so back in, let's go back to World War II where America was at uh, at war and the troops on the on the front lines they weren't used to the jolt you would experience with full bodied espresso the, the whole right, the right. whole shebang cuz that's a lot, yeah. that's a whole lot of wham all in one time yeah. so the american gi joes during world war 2 used to request it to be watered down significantly in which uh, this watered down espresso became known as the Americano. Americano. Thank you very much. But this was also the genesis of the term Cup of, of Joe. Joe. Yeah. Because the G.I. Joe's. Hey, I get it. All right, there you go. You heard it here first, or at least on the internet. Uh, <laughs> so the average American worker, like us, and maybe you listening uh, to us in your car or walking your pet or uh, on the exercise bike, mm. the average American worker will spend in one year over $1,000 on coffee. So- you want to be able to, what would you do with that $1,000? I'm looking at you, iPhone 11. Can you give up coffee for a year and, and finance that uh, purchase? I can answer that. No. Oh, okay, fair enough. Coffee is more important to me to an I, than an iPhone 11. But when you break it down over 12 months, that's about 90 some, 95 bucks a month on coffee. And if you break that down every day, that's going to be about three bucks a day. So, I yeah, I make my own coffee. So I mean, I, 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 that, for me, that number is greatly reduced. But this could also mean the sweeteners, the sugar, ah, the cream, got it. all the accessories, yeah, yeah. maybe the, the travel mug that you might buy. Sure. That all contributes to the whole thing. So 1100 bucks a year. How about that? Um, but as you put your coffee in a cup or in that uh, metallic device that you carry with you. Sup, clean canteen. There you go. If you want to keep your coffee warmer, you can add cream. Coffee. If when, you're not lactose with, intolerant. That's correct. Uh, or all have, milk or something yeah, yeah, else yeah. like that. Uh, adding cream will help coffee stay warmer about 20% longer. Hmm. Moving on. 
<laughs> Moving on. Yeah, no pun intended. So I just wanted to share a couple facts about coffee for that. Um, where do we want to take this miniseries, AJ? So in the next couple of uh, episodes, we're going to be kind of picking on uh, this 1961 film, which is in the public domain, and it will be cited in the show notes. Drink! And... Uh, It's just we're going to go through each different process. So this was the history. We're going to look at different brewing methods and preparation methods and also some of the other cultural norms that are around coffee as it pertains to, of course, the Pacific Northwest. Absolutely. And and I will want to inject, we want to inject uh, areas around Bellingham, Whatcom County that uh, are of the coffee ilk. In some way. We'll come up with a great way of tying yep. it in. But there, there's more to come. There's more to come. Absolutely. Stay tuned. But but other than that, like it is October. Yes. So uh, happy fall, y'all. And uh, what what do you have? Do you have any personal goals that you're working on? Because we are in the last stretch for the end of the year. True. And, you know, as I'm uh, browsing on uh, some of my sites, there is uh, one of the one of the men that I admire greatly and who is a uh, an inspiration to me. His name is Patrick. Hey, Patrick in Minnesota. Um, he had made reference about someone, uh, one of his luminaries, creating a monthly bucket list. So we have our bucket lists, you know, uh, for example, for me, I want to be able to visit Iceland. Sure. And that's on my bucket list. I want to share the stage with Eddie Van Halen and uh, Alex Van Halen and Michael Anthony, and I want to play with Van Halen. Okay. and But that's part of my bucket list. What if, folks, we decided to have a bucket list for a month? Now, what do we want to you know accomplish or things like that? Let's break it down in a month and maybe not have the moonshot, right. the unattainable in some aspects. But let's do something that's like positive wins because we, are, we deal with a whole lot of loss in our lives. We deal with a whole lot of negative uh, instances that can drag us down. Let's get something that we can say, you know what? I do this, I do this, I do this. This was a good month. So I got five because I can count them on one hand. (laughs) Um, In my October monthly bucket list, I want to at least first organize, tag, curate my 700 notes that I have. Yeah, I got 700 notes uh, in my notes app on my devices. It's called Bear. I've been going back and forth with so many note-taking applications, and I realized, oh, I paid for a year of this. Well, I might as well give it a try and just been kind of diving in for that. Sure. I want to access this information uh, in a much easier format than just having a whole glop of stuff in one cluttered pile. So that's one thing. I want to watch five documentaries at least at the Pickford Cinema here in Bellingham this month because it's October. And God bless the Pickford Cinema. They have 60 documentaries available for viewing, your viewing pleasure, and learning information about certain issues uh, in 30 days, 31 days in October. So you can check out Google Pickford Cinema, and then they'll have Doctober on the top of the webpage. Check out some of these titles. They tell a story. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I guess maybe I'm having a little bit of a hangover from the superhero fest that's been going on for the past few years in the big, uh, big budget slam bam uh, movies. I love to be able to hear a produced story, uh, you know, that, that kind of enhances my knowledge. So that's watch five documentaries. Dig it. I want to step foot in the gym at least 10 times this month. Now that, you know, You've been doing, working on that though, haven't you? Trying to, yeah, yeah, yeah but that yeah. was September. We're in a new month. Oh, got it. Okay. So 
you know, 31 days, you got the weekends. I usually don't go to the gym on the weekends. So that knocks out, let's just say eight. Uh, got family related uh, things going on. If I can go two and a half times a work week, okay, let's just say two to three times a week, that's pretty fair. That's good. Uh, I can uh, get 10 or more times stepping foot in the gym. Once I'm in there, I got to be able to switch into my gym clothes and get a sweat. Uh, fourth thing, I want to sell some of my stuff. I still have some uh, items and other things that I've accumulated over the years, either on my wife's Facebook marketplace, because she's got a Facebook account and I don't, huh. or OfferUp.com. Yeah, no, I, I know OfferUp. I've, uh, huh, that's interesting. Okay, yeah. Facebook marketplace. I always forget that Facebook is actually a selling platform, you know, amongst other things. I've had some experience on Craigslist, and while I am fully capable of handling myself in the Wild West known as Bellingham Craigslist, <laughs> I think I might want to try a different method. Yeah. See how that works out. And then finally, uh, I want to walk our dog more times this month than my wife. Oh, does your wife uh, do it more than you? No. Well, I mean, not, not exactly. We usually walk our dog together. It's a great time to, a great way to spend time. But the weather is turning darker sooner. Yes, true. And getting chillier. Absolutely. And wifey gets cold. Yes, I know. So uh, <laughs> I'm looking to be able to be activated in this colder season that we have for the next, what, 13 months. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Winter to, is coming. Right. After work, after we have our dinner, with our containers that have been, still been going great, by the way. Oh, still doing that thing. Yep, cool. Absolutely. It's, it's awesome. Uh, to be able to say, I'm going to walk our dog, usually on sunset. Yes. Usually, I see, I've seen you. I've, I've seen you, neighbor. You're good. Usually with a hooded uh, article of clothing on, usually with AirPods firmly in, listening to either loud music or a podcast, uh, walking our dog at night to get get the, get them their, their business. Those are the five things that I want to be able to say at the end of October. Hi, November. I did these things. That could be a, a cool thing. AJ. Mine's a lot more mellower. It's more It's more for my own, uh, to take take care of myself more, basically. Well, get mellow in your, in your turtleneck then, beat Nick, man. Exactly, man. And for the record, because nobody can see this, <laughs> Chris is wearing a hoodie and I'm wearing a gray V-neck. So there is no, we're not dressed up as beatniks. There's no berets. There's none of that going on. <laughs> but at least in your mind, you're picturing it. <laughs> no neck beards, nothing right, like that. Fine, yeah. But um, no, so uh, for me, I'm I'm diving. This is the, the Huga season for me. Like um, ever since we did that episode, I've... You know, uh, you know, listening to more audiobooks, shifting shifting gears a little bit so that it's low and slow as opposed to the fast, rampant pace that we typically do. Um, but dedicating time to Huga, just uh, to just be and to be in a comfy, cozy environment. Unscripted pop quiz question. Yes. What audiobook are you listening to right now? Funny that you should say that. Mike Viking, the guy who wrote the little book of Huga, okay. just at the time of this recording this week, dropped his new book. And it's revolving around memories. Okay. Uh, I'll link the show notes. Drink. It's also narrated by him if you get the audiobook. Very cool. Sup, Libro good. FM. <laughs> next. Uh, so, so next uh, for me is to walk at least once a week with my family. So you, you And we've talked about this on the show. Usually I'll hit a run or I'll, I'll, I do a lot, quite a bit of walking during the day. Uh, I want to get my, my wife and, and kiddo out, even though it's balmy and stuff. Just layer up and get everybody out. So that's kind of my one, like, actual measurable goal for October. Unscripted pop quiz follow-up question? Uh, of course. <laughs> you should see that eye roll he gave me, folks. Um, are you prefer, uh, does your, you and your family prefer 
a playground area, a trail, or a uh, paved sidewalk of a well-lit, depending on after work and stuff like that. All of the above. Usually we take the well-lit trail after we have gone to the playground and taking a trail to said playground. Way to be cryptic in that. <laughs> All right, fine. Next. Uh, and then last but not least, um, as we get into the, the dark season and... You know, this happens to you and me, like that, that seasonal affected disorder usually kicks in. And how I usually combat that is I try to set up a schedule for doing stuff that is creative, mm. stuff that is outside of our normal work, stuff that is outside of the honeydew list, sup honey, um, and dedicate, try to figure out what I want to do that's creative over the dark months and kind of put together a production schedule, basically, kind of right. like what we do for the show, but just for something that's how the analog explorer got created mm -hmm. things like that but something for me to look forward to mentally yeah. and that's a lot of my my bucket list for october is to prepare now as opposed to being oh it's dark and cold and i'm grumpy i'm trying to curb that and All right. that's what i'm taking october to do very good well fair warning uh, in november when we do whatever show number that's going to be uh we're going to follow up on this yeah. it's like did did chris do his five things that he talked about did aj do his uh, three things stay tuned in november for a follow-up i think right now we should probably uh put a stirring stick in this show i was wondering what what, what you're going to use because <laughs> a uh, fork doesn't apply too much for dude, coffee we, we got we got to get snapping you know yes. so like uh that wraps it up for this edition of the Bellingham Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to us, rating us, reviewing us, wherever you like to listen to our show. Remember, if you are in the Bellingham area, you might be listening to us on KMRE 102.3 FM. They're community-powered and they're streaming worldwide at KMRE.org. Daddy-o. And on that... On that, on that note, I'm AJ Barsay. And I'm Chris Powell. Thanks once again for joining us on the Bellingham Podcast. I definitely think that we were airing on the cool side for this show. Word, daddy-o, word. <laughs>